welcome back to Tiger Talks, where we celebrate, connect, and build the brotherhood. My name is Carson Stockdale. Today on the show, we have a member of the graduating class of 1996, a diehard UK fan, and master of the standardized test prep, Mr. Jed Hilbert. Mr. Hilbert, how are you today? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful Wednesday, our first our first non-X day. 60-something degrees outside. I'll be doing registration tonight, getting the new Tigers in, so I'm fired up. Fired up and ready to go. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so just kind of starting out, uh, I want to jump right into it because you're an amazing guy. you got a, Thank you me. got a great story. <laughs> um, so why St. X? Um, uh, there was a pennant over my bed the day uh, I was probably brought home from the hospital. Uh, my dad was a 66 grad, um, and then my mother's dad, Julia Schnur, was a, I don't know which year and I should, but it was 30s or 40s probably, maybe, yeah, around there. So I have Julia Schnur, my maternal grandfather, Eddie Hilbert, my father, and then uh, me. Um, and then my brother, obviously, Evan, uh, he went here too. And so it was just one of those things that there was never a, there was never a, well, let's go look at high schools. It was like, all right, <laughs> we're going to write the first tuition check and let's get going. So yeah. And you know, I grew up in Audubon Park in the shadows of St. X and I remember walking even, gosh, back in seventh, eighth grade, walking to Old Cardinal Stadium right through the fairgrounds to watch those state championship games. Um, I remember when we beat Boone County in 92, we lost to Clark County in 91, uh, beat Henry Clay in 96, beat uh, was it Paul Dunbar, I think, Tate's Paul, Paul Dunbar, I think, in uh, 99 maybe, beat Trinity one year, it was awesome. So I, there's, it's more why not, like there was never a doubt. So are you are you ready to talk about the story of eighth your eighth grade year sure. till your like that final day um, leaving St. X and what that was like? And, and I'll say because let's see. So again, I'm down the street. I was a St. Stephen Martyr kid, uh, and I was a big fish over there. It was a it was a pretty big school back then. Not as it's not as big now. Um, safety commissioner played all the sports. Uh, President made a little principal's award. I won that. So, and uh, I was a Xavier Scholar. We didn't get any money back then, but that's okay. And uh, and again, it, it was awesome. Uh, and and I got here. I remember the day before my first day of school because we lived so close. Me and my buddy Sean. I don't know how we got in the building, but we didn't do like the orientation day. You just showed up and it was go time. And we got in the building and we walked our, because we did not have rotation back then. It was A through H every day. We walked like our our schedule. And you could only stop at your locker in certain periods. You couldn't go and come and go when we had lockers as you pleased. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I think like maybe after the second and third you could go. Uh, and we did. We walked the building like that evening. Um, you know, because we were meticulous. And, and I, I would say we were... Uh, we were good, you know, I was a good student, so grades were always my first thing. Um, 
freshman year, you know, uh, Miss Frau Medley was my first class, German in room 106. Uh, and she was awesome. Um, I had Sorrels, who, who's now guidance. I had him for geography. And I, I won't go through my whole schedule, but I mean, just such legends. Ray Barker taught me biology. He was hilarious. Uh, had Mr. Young, who just left for math. Um, oh, and then English, I had Miss Rapier for my freshman and sophomore year. Miss Rapier was four and a half feet tall and looked like she was 80 years old, right? But she, man, she was, she taught me, because if you had a run-on sentence in her class, honors English, in an essay, couldn't get an A. One run-on, you, you weren't getting an A. And, and I really, it started with her in this book called English 3200, which just had, and we would just go through and do grammar after, and, and I, I do, at the time it was mind-numbing, but I do, my writing probably started there. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not going to go through, you know, but there were so many and, and I did intramurals, tried out for baseball. What's funny is never made it. We had 90 kids try out my freshman year. And that, you know, that number is not what it was because then I ended up coaching here. Um, but I didn't make it here, tried out every year, but then I went and played Division Three at center, which isn't a huge school, but it was kind of funny that St. X has always been so competitive in certain sports that you have guys not make it here that can move on to them to other levels. But then, you know, sophomore year, great. Um, Junior, sophomore year was my only all A's. I remember I got straight A's my sophomore year. Junior year got a little tougher, uh, but I had brother John for pre-cal. He's a legend. You, you get a gym named after you. Um, uh, in 103. And, and, um, and then senior year uh, was really when I, I kind of stayed in my friend group from, from grade school all through. In senior year, I started to branch out a little bit uh, with guys from other pair, you know, that went to other schools and I met through. But it really, it kind of took me a while. So was it kind of like a culture then? Like where everyone came from, they had their own groups, like the no, gay kids? No, I, I think I was probably unique to that because I would have buddies, uh, my buddy Jeremy, who then ended up being my roommate at the center of our freshman year, which is funny, I roomed with a guy I went to grade school with. Uh, he played football and, and, and sort of kind of getting in here early. He kind of went off, you know, didn't like ditch us, but he like had his own thing where we kind of had our, I would say I wasn't <clears throat> a social butterfly like some kids may be. And I just kind of liked who I hung out with. And you know, I was friendly with other guys, but like lunch I ate with my St. Steve Mar guys. And, 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 and usually I'd go hang out with those guys because they were in my neighborhood. But then my senior year, I started like attending parties with other guys that were in like most of my classes who I knew, um, you know, things like that. Um, and I started to, yeah, kind of branch out there. And, and really, I wasn't, I feel like I came back to St. X kind of to get, <laughs> it's funny I say it, but get more involved. Because I always felt like I left a lot on uh, on the table at St. X, and I didn't do as much as I could have. Um, and so it's kind of like I'm vicariously living through my high school self So I come back. So did it click with you your senior year that you just, you know, you look back at the last three years and realize that maybe I didn't do everything I could have. I didn't take advantage of every opportunity that was given. Is that kind no, of your I thinking? didn't feel that way because senior year I really kind of got into everything and really enjoyed it other than calculus. Again, Brother John, they named it. I knew 
I was bad at calculus is that they named a building after this teacher and I just did not get BC calculus. It was, it was, <laughs> but uh, I was at mostly AP. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I wasn't, it wasn't that I looked back as a senior and was like, man, I didn't do anything. It was just sort of like when I got out, I was like, I kind of wish I would have had my senior year all the, you know, the previous three years right? where I, you know, reached out more to certain people that, I, yeah, I don't regret anything, but I definitely just think I could have probably gotten into more stuff. So I'm going to ask two questions. Okay. Here. We're going to bounce around. So as a student here, what do you think was your defining moment where you really realized that you were at St. X and you were destined to do great things <laughs> and that you were ready to go? Like, what was that moment that it finally hit you like? I tell you. I'm ready, man. Let's do this. Uh, I'll tell you the first. This is funny. You should ask that. I'll never forget this. And it is such a trivial moment. But it was the first day of school. And we had just gotten, I made it through German with Frau Medley, <clears throat> you know, Scott Free, everything felt good. And then I went to Sorrels, um, Mr. Sorrels's geography. And back then, you took geography for three quarters, and one quarter was keyboarding. True story with Miss Maxwell. Um, so they kind of worked keyboarding in because computers were becoming a thing. I can't believe I'm saying that, but at my age. But we're sitting in there, and it's day one. And it's me and my, again, my aforementioned buddy Sean was in most of my classes. So I, you know, we knew we had And Sorrels is going through his shtick, and he's like, you know, guys, I'll tell you what, you're saying next now. This isn't grade school, so you better be on the ball ready to go. Bah, bah, bah. Hey, look, like, right here, this guy, you know, bah, 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 his books, you know, he doesn't have all those books. Or this guy, he's tie shoe. And he points at me and he goes, and this guy, he needs to pull his tie up a little bit. And I know he, he was just doing a, an act, but I looked at my buddy Sean and was as I was pulling my tie up, and he looked back at me and was just shaking his head like, you idiot, you've blown it. It's day one. And you and I was, whoo, I was just like, okay. Like, this is wild. Uh, they're they're going to be on me, which, which, was, a, which was a good thing. Um, Were you the kid that needed that, though? No, I really wasn't, but I was the kid that responded to it, for sure. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, 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 zero jugs in four years. I never got one. Um, and actually, Miss Medley, the aforementioned, uh, one day I was screwing around in class, I guess my freshman year, maybe, and she called me and my buddy up to the desk and wrote us both one and then did the come up at the end and she took him away and I was like terrified I mean I was like I was like this is going to be forever haunt me this detention so yeah I was able to get through with no no jugs or anything um so I really liked that environment I was a rule follower um and since there were many of them I felt okay with it like it, in a weird way that made me feel like safer that there were so many I don't know so if you could look back, do you give any of your, do you give credit of any of your successes to like one teacher here? Like, was there one teacher that really pushed you and really was like, okay, Jed, we, we got to You got to get it in. You got to get it turned in. You got to get it all because I'm an English teacher now. Um, like I said, Miss Rapier was awesome with like, just we're doing grammar and it's going to come out your pores. We're going to do so much of it. Miss Reisert, who we all know was my Britlet teacher. And she really kind of, I think from her, I, I'm an actor when I teach. I, I, I like teaching the books and I like acting them out and really kind of putting, 
she kind of taught me that part of it because what I really enjoyed about her class was you know seeing it kind of happen as you read it like kind of really being able to visualize it she was she was awesome with that and then Miss Newcomb who's AP English who's a, who was a legend here uh, back in the day um, she was just so like positive about everything and just so nice but at the same time you can't, you really had to work for her she was a teacher that you didn't want to discipline like she didn't have to say or do anything there were no punishments the punishment was you know disappointing Miss Newcomb um, I, I love my math classes here like I said uh, Mr. Young brother Borgia was awesome uh, sophomore year with geometry and then brother John was just uh, yeah, coach Jay brings this up a lot but brother John was the type of guy who day one was like now you live in Ottoman Park don't you and I'm like whoa whoa uh, yeah man how the like he knew everything about you before you walked in the door um, so so he was he, he was he was definitely pretty awesome um, Mr. Sims had a great sense of humor. Actually, took religion with Mr. Sims as well as uh, AP government. Um, and I kind of took a lot of that from him. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm I could name most of them. And I know I, if I sat down and wrote every class out, I could I could remember every single uh, teacher. But you know, those teachers I really appreciated. And I, I appreciated Miss Medley freshman year for German. She was my best German teacher. Um, and she really pushed me because she sort of had this she really talked me up like my mom I remember my mom went to conferences and was like Frau Medley was like why are you here he's like the best student and like my mom told me that and I was like wow so she really thinks I'm a pretty good student so you know people like that you kind of think about and just like you know how I don't know, just they, those those were a few. And again, I, at a school like St. X, you feel terrible not mentioning every single teacher you had. But So out of all of them, oh. I, I know there were a lot. Oh. Um, if you do the math, I think it adds up to like, you could have possibly up to 20 teachers while you're here. Oh yeah, 28, because we were still eight periods. 28, okay. Yeah, without overlap, I didn't. But yeah. So out of all of them, who do you feel pushed you the most and inspired you the most? and really kind of just not only pushed you and inspired you but yeah. also helped to shape your teaching style as it is now brother john definitely pushed me um because i i had kind of given up in bc calculus but he didn't give up on me um and he would he's like these you look downstairs in the morning especially during regular before pre-pandemic but these 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 Ashby's, Mr. Nose, Spears, Smith, JJ, those guys are living what kind of he started. They're here in the mornings and they're here after. Because math ain't easy, right? Um and yeah, because pre-cal I breeze through. And I don't know why they call it pre-calculus. It ain't it ain't before, it ain't nothing like calculus. Um and then, yeah, but probably modeling-wise, teaching-wise, probably Miss Rosard, I'd say. Just because, I, again, I, I'm not a drama guy, but I really like that part of it. 
like I want to read if I could I'd read the books like out loud uh-huh. um, and I do but like I you know um, yeah and and I will say and, and Mr. Sims was a laugh riot man so I, I you know I, I like that about him about about Mr. Sims um, I really appreciated his humor in the classroom so what's it like um I'm sure in, in 21 years of being here, this has happened many years. Mm-hmm. Going into a room that you sat in a desk yeah. and learned in, sure. and now standing up at the podium and teaching. Yeah. I mean, does that, do you ever just, I mean, is it is it wonderful to walk in the room and mm-hmm. say, well, in that chair, yeah. you know, I pulled this shenanigan, yeah. and now I'm the one teaching, right. and that kid's pulling the same thing I did. Yeah. 20 years ago. Like, how I'm at 202, and I was telling mom about the other day, I took English sophomore and freshman year in 202. I teach in 202 today, back when it was a half room before we made the addition here. That was Miss Rapier's room. Um, one I forgot, whenever I walked by 116, that was Miss Roberts' chemistry. She was awesome, too. I, I really, God, she'd be up there. See, this is what happens. You start, she was fantastic with chemistry. Very patient. Um, and oh yeah, like like I remember 106. That was German. Like so yeah, going in these rooms, it wears off. You know, I don't call her Miss Rizard anymore. I don't call him Mr. Crow anymore. Um, I did my first couple years. They hate that. <laughs> Please call me Rebecca. You know, um, but you know, I, I I hate to say you get numbed. It just Throughout the years, you know, I'll say though, one of my, especially pre, pre-pandemic, but one of my favorite things is when I could come here on a weekend and bring my, my boys and let them run the halls, you know, they, back when they overpassed, they loved it. Called, I like, uh, that's kind of more where I feel it. That's more, and I know this sounds campy or spooky, but when you're here alone, especially when it's dark, that's when you feel, I wouldn't say the ghosts, but that's when it's all quiet, when you really, uh, yeah, sort of feel everything that's happened here. And, but yeah, I'll walk back classrooms and be like, yep, that's where I had that class. That's where I had, like, absolutely. And then, and then you know, there's classes I taught where I'll remember this room and that room. I've always found it, you know, here at St. X, we have something that most other high schools don't. You walk down that hall, and it's like walking down the hall of the White House. Yeah. And you think of the people that have walked that hall, yeah. that have entered that room. I'm talking the Justin Thomases, sure. who's now number three in the country in sure. golf. Sure. Um, going all the way back. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there was the guy, Pat Lampton, who, who worked for NASA. Yeah. Um, fighter pilots, pro baseball players, yeah. Chad O'Shea. Sure. You know, guys like that, and yeah. most high schools are lucky to have one guy in a hundred years that did something great. But here, yeah. you walk the halls of greatness, standing on the shoulders of giants. I used to do that in the, the when they made us do the uh, orientation day. I had a little video I had to make, and it, yeah, I could only see so far because I stood on the shoulders of the giants. Chris Burke, your whose jersey's in the Hall of Fame because he hit the latest walk-off home yeah. run in World Series or playoff history, was in my. Spanish class junior year for a month. So yeah, because he was a freshman, I was a junior. 
Even um, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Napoth. He didn't graduate, but he had uh, he had some classes here. He he took a year or two here. It's you know, and this building was 1961. What's funny is my dad was a second class in this building. In Apopolis. What's that like to be in the same rooms that your dad was in? Uh, it's cool. My dad kind of. My dad was much more uh, outgoing. I think when he was a student here, because he lived over by. He lived right on. If you know where Seneca Park is, he was that first house by the uh, tennis courts right there, right there on Rock Creek Road or whatever it's called. That's where he, he grew up. Really, right in the well, it was before Trinity, but. Right in the, you know, maybe not right in the shadows of Trinity, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty neat. He'll and he'll, you know, he'll ask about more about certain people. Brother George Willenbrink was here when I taught here, and, and my dad remembered Brother George, and Brother George actually remembered my dad. So that was the one teacher that was like, oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, he knew like the name he had for French and all that stuff. That, that joke. So it's pretty. It's it, it's pretty neat, and I. I know he's proud of it, so you know that that's pretty cool that he can tell all his buddies that his son teaches at his alma mater. But yeah, he he man, my dad's still really active with a, a big group. They go to Kern's Corner all the time and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, lifelong friends. So kind of you mentioned this in the beginning why you came back to say next to teach, but what what made you want to teach? What my, my mom never shut up about it when I was a kid. And I, you know, being like all honors, straight A's, AP, got a little, you know, Miss National American then about one point, I'll never forget that, which still irks me to this day, but that's okay. Um, you know, I did all this stuff and I was a super smart student, graduated in top 20, that's when they had like, I remember rankings, they had all that stuff. So I was like gonna be destined to be a doctor or this or that. And I went to center, um, great school and I thought I was a math guy and man math like kicked my butt my freshman year at center my grades like dipped I was playing baseball and, and I guess I just remembered like sort of thinking this ain't my thing like I'm not gonna be a doctor that's crazy and then I just started getting into the education program and it took took me a while actually and I was like well I, I, I feel like I like English my English grades were better in college and that's sort of how I came it wasn't like it's hard to explain but it was almost like not the path of least resistance but it almost just these things made sense to me being a teacher made sense to me the, the study of English made sense to me and then they had a really good program that I got in uh, a student taught my senior year at Boyle County High School in the fall under her name's Marty Montgomery, and what's wild about this is as I was her student teacher, um, these people just barge into the classroom one day with balloons and a cake. They were like, congratulations, Miss Montgomery, you are the Kentucky State Teacher of the Year. And I'm sitting there like, what? And she's crying, and I was like, yeah! And, and I'll never forget this about her, she was so great. She took me to every like function she got to go to. So like speaking engagements, um, dinners, benefit, yeah, all these things because she was the teacher of the year in the state of Kentucky, she took me to every one of them. And uh, I think I, I, the, book, the book might be over there. I don't know if it is or not. I don't think she, but she gave me a book 
And in the, I don't think that's it. I'm, I'm going to talk more. But in the book, on the front of it, she uh, wrote uh, to the Kentucky uh, to, the, to the Kentucky Student Teacher of the Year. There it is. Oh, wow. Ooh. <laughs> Man, you got me. I didn't know I'd start getting all glassy out of it. You know, and that's just, that's just dumb luck. You know? uh -huh. And so, uh, whew. Yeah, she was awesome. She was, and, and so Ben was just, it was all she wrote. And then I got the call from Dr. Perrin Singali in my fraternity house in May. Ran down to the basement. We still had phones. Nobody had cell phones back then. And uh, he was like, hey, Jen, we'd love to have you. Do you want to join next year? And I was like, heck yeah, man. So, like, before I even walked for graduation, I had that job. So it was like, it so was awesome. What was that moment like in... 2000 when you came in here and you were ready to teach your first class and you were a mess. I mean, it was all right. Now, what's funny is, here's a funny little story. See, so like Yoakum and I were, were thick as thieves. We're like best buds. But we came in the same year and the first year we really didn't hang out much. But the first day we got here, like over the summer, we were both sitting in the old faculty lounge. And brother James Kelly, who was the president at the time, Ooh boy, yeah, he was, he was, he, he was something else. He comes walking in, <laughs> and I, you know, I knew him because I went and I stood up. Kyle just sat there, and I stood up to shake his hand. And when Brother James walked out, Kyle was like, "Oh my God, I didn't stand up to shake his hand, and you did." Oh God, he never forgot about it to this day. But uh, it, I was not. I had, I had two. I had two junior classes, um, Excel, and then three level five sophomore classes. And, and um, I tread, I actually did okay year one. Year two, I had a, a, a group of 20 level uh, level nine juniors. They, they killed me. It was, it was in room 212, I'll never forget it. It was the, it, it was the worst job any teacher has done in the 150 whatever year. I, it, it was, and Mike Stewart, who is on my Mount Rushmore of St. X, Mike Stewart was our principal. He was the only principal. That was it. It was Brother James, Dr. Sangali, and Mike Stewart. That was your office. Uh, he was my mentor, and my God, I just wanted to crawl under a rock and just, because he was so good at everything with teaching, coaching. And, and coached football in Notre Dame. And I'm just like, God, I'm so sorry. And he would. What was good about him is he just told you, hey, Jed, you got to get to these boys. You can't smile till Christmas. And I was always like, no, don't smile till, because they would say that, right? Don't smile till Christmas to the new teachers. And I'd be like, no, nah, man, I'm a fun teacher. This is going to be great. Oh, man. <laughs> it took me about three years to be like, oh, okay. Maybe they're right. Maybe I need to, like, sort of, and they don't mean it literally, but maybe I don't need to come out with like, hey, let's have fun, everybody, and I'm the cool teacher. You can do whatever. And my, my dad taught, told me the story. He said his principal first day when he yeah. walked in, slammed the door. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Walk in, slam the door, and set the tone. That's... Yeah, hang a, hang a rat to the fence is what Joe Hall would say. That guy's another legend. Um, yeah, so 
It was not, it, it wasn't great, but I never, other than that one class, I never felt like I wasn't doing a good job. And I got pretty good like reports I felt like, and I did feel like the kids liked me, which was important to me. Um, and then I'd say about five years in, I got to work with honors sophomores with Mr. Yoakum. He taught me everything. Swear to God, everything I do today was Kyle Yoakum's. Um, I loved his class. He's awesome. He's he's a, he's awesome. He's a living legend. And you know, I get tired of hearing how great he is. Like golly, you know. But <laughs> uh, in that first year with honors, I really had to be on my toes because um, I was terrified, and there were kids in there smarter than I was. Sophomores. Uh, and then after I figured that out, it's really been, it's been nice. I'd say the past, and I can't put a day on it, but I think the past 15 years I've had a few challenges. Now, I, I, I have classes that I just don't reach as well. I mean, I had one even a, a couple years ago. I just felt like, I don't know if I'm, I'm doing the best job, but I think everybody feels that way sometimes. So looking back, and thinking, um, one of the big questions uh, that I'm going to ask you here, sure. just one of the big talking like points, is looking back, you know, reviewing the last 20 years, <laughs> what are a couple pieces of advice that you would have given Jen when he walked in on that, that first day 20 years ago, ready to teach? What are the few pieces of advice that you've learned? that you would like, you know, I would tell new teachers today, but I would also go back and tell myself, and maybe maybe it would have been smoother for me. That's a good, that's a good question. Now, I, I will go back to what I've always, you know, I've always said, you know, I'm easy to get along with, and I always tell students that. So if we, you know, I don't, I don't take much personally as a teacher, and I would definitely tell teachers not to. Um, because I think it's easy for teachers to have an interaction, a bad interaction with a student or students and and start to be, what am I doing wrong? And, and I'm not saying to be introspective is bad, but it's not all, I mean, if, if you know who you are and you know what you're doing and you've been fair, it's not you. Like, you gotta let that go. Um, that would be my, my best advice for new teachers. Uh, it's a tough line to walk, but don't think every time something bad happens or there's a negative interaction or a student has an issue, you did something wrong. I think too many teachers do that. I think they think, well, man, what? I don't know what I did. You didn't do anything, right? Sometimes students need to figure out, like, you know, how to, how to get the, how to navigate this. I'd also say that again, you do need to. You've got to plan everything. I'll, I'll say, early on, there were probably days where I flew by the seat of my pants, and every new teacher does, but the kids know it, and they hate it. Um, when they know you're just kind of, all right, well, why don't we do this now? Or why don't we, okay, I guess 20 minutes, do what, you know. Being organized and, and having a plan and, and the students know you have a plan, I think is, is, is the number one thing. And I'm not saying you gotta have a plan out your year, but you better have a few days ahead because 
don't remember who told. I think it was Caroline who said, "Man, when you when you don't have a plan and you're just flying by the seat of your pants, the students know it and they resent you for it." And she's right, because students can say all they want. Oh man, this class is awesome. We don't do anything. They hate that. You do. Um, so planning is very important. Having a plan. <clears throat> You know, keeping a keeping a keeping a firm line early. Um, then, like I said, don't take everything so personally. If you know you screwed up, then yeah, change it. But if you're not sure what you did and you've got this issue, it's probably not you, right? So that that that's probably what I would tell myself because I think it's easy for teachers to take things too personally when it's not their fault. Looking back, yeah. What are some moments that in 30 years, 40 years, when this is all said and done and it's time to retire and it's time to hang up the lanyard and the whistle and put everything away and retire, what are moments that you're going to look back on from up until now and be like, that is why I became a teacher? Um... One day we were all in Flaget. It was me, Mary Jefferson, Mike Glazer, uh, also on the, also on the Mount Rushmore, and Yoga. And we're all teaching in Flaget, and this alarm goes off, and we're like, "Oh, it's a, it's a tornado drill. Weird. Let's get them all loaded up." So we get them all in the hallway, and, you know, heads over knees, all that stuff, sitting in the hallway. And you know, Flaget's a little broken off. We're waiting. I mean, like Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson's over there too. We're all sitting around waiting for like the all clear, man. It's like 15 minutes. Glazer goes, God dang it, I'm gonna go see what's going on. So he walks out, comes running back in. He goes, it ain't a tornado, it's a goddamn fire drill. And it, the, the fire department's here. These kids are like, ah! And we're all like sitting, you know, everybody's on top of one another. And I was like, We'd set those kids up to just burn, right? We got them all huddled in flash A in the freaking fire department. We come just running out, you know, no protocol being followed whatsoever. And everybody's like, what in the hell are you? We were like, we thought it was a tornado. Nobody perished. Everybody's okay. Oh, man, Glazer was losing his mind. So we could have gotten, you know, we could have been in the paper there. For so what was the fire for? I don't know. Something set something off, and it wasn't a drill. So it was kind of in the middle, of, you know, you know when the drill's gonna happen. This wasn't it, but I guess we all thought it sounded like the tornado drill. <laughs> that could have been bad. Um, you know, it's it's just it's funny things like that. Um, you know, I remember 9-11. I was walking into Heck, and a kid that I taught um, first period was like a plane just hit one of the buildings. I was like, that's weird. You know, thinking like a little. Bowden Field, little Cessna or something. And then, you know, the rest is history. We're sitting in the cafeteria, and Dr. Sangali comes on, and it's just like, look, this is happening. Uh, you know, we're not going anywhere. I mean, you know, we're just going to keep our eyes on it. It was a weird day. It was a weird day. Uh, you know, but that's just one of those, that's just one of those, uh, things you remember just wherever you were you know we were here um you know there's plenty of games I coached that I really loved I loved the season uh coach McHugh and I 
Uh, he was my assistant JV, and when they were working on the fields, we got to take the we like we volunteered for it because like Donhoff was like Alan Donhoff also on my Mount Rushmore. God, I love that guy. He was like, okay, one of the baseball teams is gonna have to practice at Old Cardinal Stadium. And I was like, oh, well, we will. Because, uh, you know, I, I spent my childhood over there watching Redbirds games and all that. And we would take, we got to take a bus every day. I love driving the bus. Every day to Cardinal Stadium and practice on like that old AstroTurf baseball field that, that, that the minor leaguers played on. That was awesome. That, that was my favorite season by far. Um, you know, and there's just, yeah, things like that. Friendships um, you make along the way. Um, you know. Who are some notable students that you've had? Notable students. When I coached Justin Thomas in the Owl Creek Invitational uh, in 2011, and we won that tournament, he shot a 64. So I wouldn't call him a student, uh, but, but I, I definitely. Bobby Curtis was my first year, and he was an exceptional distance runner. Um, I think he broke the four-minute mile. At one point, he went to Villanova uh, to run. He won cross country like every year. Um, <clears throat> and notable uh, students, you know, uh, Des Ritter, the starting quarterback for Cincinnati um, Bearcats. He, uh, well, I had him the one year I taught freshman. He, he was a, he was a great kid, you know. And then there's a, I don't know, that's hard. That's a that's a that's a tough question. Then you know, there's plenty of these guys. You know, 36 ACTs. Guys that you know, national merit stars. These these kids that just you know, were were, were super super brilliant. Um, Is it true that you take the ACT every year? Yeah, I take three a year. They release three, so I don't go in with the kids and take them. But I'll get I'll get a copy of one and take it on my own. Um, I've never gotten a thirty six. I'm gonna beat you to it. I can only get thirty fives. So one of these days, I've taken it twenty eight times in the past ten years. And one of these days, I'll get a 36. But, um, yeah, I wish, I mean, I wish I could. Well, Charles Walker here, I never taught. But, uh, you know, he's a great guy. Played for Kentucky. And uh, it's just been nothing but the nicest. And that really, to me, when you get those Sanex guys that are just good people, they're just nice. And you're like, by God, we, did, we, we had to have a hand in that somehow. Um, that, to me means a heck of a lot um, because he you know when we took that picture that was during the catwalk before one of the football games and he could have you know he could have given me a wave or whatever and he, he stopped can we get a picture sure man not a problem at all and he's he's always he's always been that way my brother got me that actually he reached out to Charles to, to sign that um yeah I mean there's been a lot of a lot of, a lot of good a lot of good kids throughout the year I, I'd, I'd hate to try to name them all and there's been thousands and, and that's the thing you know I'm getting to the point now where I kind of have to ask names I'm really getting bad with names so I know that's either my memory's getting bad or I've, I've been teaching long enough to where I'll, I'll always remember your face and I mean this anybody that runs into me I just might not remember the name that goes with it so I've been better at asking up front I used to pretend and try to get through the conversation by not saying their name and now I'm just, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, it's been a long time. Can you remember your name? And then when they say it, I'm like, yes, of course. So my advice to any students, if you ever see a teacher out years later and they don't remember your name, it's, you can't take it personally. It's just, 
you know, you had 28 of us, we had thousands of teachers, so. So, kind of moving out yeah. of St. X and one of the big pushes, push to do this was to learn about who you are. We, we, we have spent the last, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes or so talking about Mr. Yeah. Hilbert, but now I want to talk about Jed. <laughs> I want to talk about Dad. I want to oh, talk wow. about, you know, yeah. for just a break, uh, ice sure. break question. What does a Saturday afternoon in May look like for you? Saturday afternoon in May, if it's we're going to go pre-pandemic. Uh, Saturday, pre Saturday afternoon in May is definitely going to be some sporting event with uh, the boy. Or I got I got Charlotte who's ten, Mac who's seven, and Jude is four. Um, all three of them would definitely be in something. Mac, either soccer, or t ball, baseball now. Char's going to start running track and probably soccer, and then Jude will be in something. But let's just say, get up. Sometimes I do a donut run for the boys. They like Krispy Kreme. Um, head over there, uh, get them to their sports. Uh, but I will admit, um, if it's a Saturday in May and it's not the first Saturday in May, there is a 75% chance I'll get, take the kiddos, and we'll go to the backside of, of Churchill Downs. Because I've had a pass there for the past five or six years. And it's it's the other side of the track. So you just drive back in your car, park, and you're right there on right there where you can see right up, right up close and personal all the horses. Uh, my kids love going out there. Um, so that's, <laughs> sadly, that the Saturday in May, if the weather's good, uh, there's a yeah you know there's a good chance I'd roll out there for a little bit, uh, and then we're pretty social, you know, we'd probably be over at somebody's house or have somebody over. Uh, Kate, Katie, my wife of thirteen will be thirteen years coming up August 9th. I was married on my thirtieth birthday, by the way. Uh, little little trivia for you. Um, we we'll we'll go out from time to time, get a sit or something like that. So that, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much we're around the house, typical Saturday. But I I do like I do like going to the backside of Churchill Downs whenever I whenever I can. Again, pre all this. So you know you have your kids who you yeah. love. Yes. Do you feel as though that being a dad has also helped you to be the teacher that you are here? Yeah. And to be a to be that guy that the the students look up to. Yeah, and it'll even get sort of easier as my kids get more to that age. I think it'll make even more sense. Um, but yes, I do tend to have more patience. Um, I tend to. Things don't ruffle me as much as they used to. Um, you know, you don't, that sleep thing's the real deal when you have kids. Like, you don't sleep, especially when they're real little, um, as much as you should. Um, so, like, I, I, yeah, I, I think for me, it, it's, it's the patience. I have a lot more patience now. Um, maybe than I did when I first started. Like I said, more about that sort of, you know, this, you know, not to blame everything on what I did wrong, or and, yeah, and just kind of figure it out. Um, try to like watch my language more. That is one of my challenges, but uh, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely do that. Um, yeah, and, and sort of like, 
when I see them struggle, I think about when my kids struggle, how hard that is to watch. So like I said, I think I might be a little more compassionate towards that, whereas before I might be like, hey, figure it out, right? Do you think teaching has made you to be a better dad at home? That's a good question. Um, yes, and, I, and I'll say this. The coaches who are parents at this school, um, there's a special place in heaven for them because coaching and parenting for me would not have been, I, you miss a lot. Um, so I, but I think there's coaches that, 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 and lucky for us, don't mind that, that sacrifice. But yeah, being a teacher, um, you know, like I said, you know, I do tutoring after school, so I can't always get home early. But like after this, I'll be able to pick up my four-year. I think the schedule, I hate to say it, having those summers really does sort of help with that and being, and like uh, with NTI during all this, um, there's been days where both my older kids could go to my uh, remote office with me and I can help them do NTI. And, um, yeah, and just being able to sort of, the funny thing is, and my wife tells me this a lot, I don't, like when I'll talk about how, you know, oh, these boys do this for me, and at St. Axum, I don't, I don't deal with any, any riffraff. She's like, you never do that with your daughter. <laughs> like, I'm such a pushover compared to how I am as a teacher. Uh, <laughs> so maybe maybe not. Maybe maybe uh, I don't follow through as much as, as I should. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah I, think, I think teaching definitely helps. So you like the fishing type or the hunting type? or? Oh, no. God, let's see. I have uh, shot a gun once in my life when I went with my teammate at center, Dave Stewart, to Franklin, uh, Tennessee, and shot guns with him and his grandpa once. Terrified me. Um, <laughs> and I cannot tell you last time I threw a, a line in the water. I can't get through that. I'm, I'm not. Um, I guess I'm embarrassed to say I'm not an outdoors. So you're a city boy? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm not. Um, I'm not handy. Um, which my dad is. So like, it's always sort of like, how did how did my dad is a great putter, and I'm not, and he's really handy, and I'm not. And I'm like, how did we? How did I miss though? How did I miss those two like genetic traits? I'm, I'm a decent golfer, but like, man, he can putt, and I just I, I never learned that. And he was a roofer for 35 years, so. He can do all that stuff, and I'm just like. So then, what do you do in your spare time when it's all, when the papers are graded? Man, um, I'm into sports. I like a lot of sports. I like baseball, basketball, football. Um, I'm getting more into soccer because my seven-year-old seems to really, really like it. Um, I'm a huge Kentucky fan, probably too much so, uh, especially this season. Uh, so, I, you know, I'll try to get to, because my parents have, have I, I grew up with season tickets to Kentucky football. And so, I'll, and I'll keep those in the family as long as I can. So, you know, I'll try to get to two or three of those a year if I can. Um, you know, and I mean, just being in a, you know, hobbies, is, it's, it's kind of funny. I, you know, I don't have any of these, like, stamp collecting or you know, you know I read enough but I probably could be a better reader uh, yeah I'd say sports is my big hobby um, obviously I got my, my 
ACT stuff I like to do, but that's I guess more that's more of a, a, a job than a hobby. Um, so yeah, I'd say playing sports with my kids, hanging out with the fam, and uh, I, I do I try to watch as many UK sporting events as I can, and I'm a huge Cubs fan too. I try to get to Wrigley as often as possible. So yeah, I guess not uh, not as productive of hobbies as I probably would. Don't have any pets. Well, we got two gerbils, so. Not <laughs> the dog and cat kind of a family? We had dogs. My wife and I did, and I think my daughter was three when we gave them away. Um, there were two puggles. But they barked and jumped and yapped and, and, and hair everywhere, and, and we kind of were like, eh, maybe we're not dog people. We, we enjoyed them at the time, but yeah, we're not really. We're not pet people that much. Two gerbils and a, and a few fish. That's probably the extent of it. But my kids beg for a dog every day. So, so finishing out things here. Yeah. Um, just two final questions. Okay. Uh, it's kind of become a tradition here with what we do with, uh, to end things. Uh, you've already mentioned these uh, throughout the interview. So I, I feel like nice. you're going to knock us out of the park. Okay. <laughs> you're Mount Rushmore. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you serious? Okay, I was going to... Okay. All right, I'm not... Clearly, you have a lot, so I'm not going to limit you. Okay, don't... I mean, it's well, your Mount Rushmore, man. You can pick away at it. I, I've thought... For, really, I've thought about this. Um, and I might have, like, a, a two-headed... <laughs> Mike Stewart is my number one. He was an incredible leader here. He is an incredible storyteller. Um, you know... Uh, his days, he was he one state. He was the head football coach in '78. We one state. Um, he did he did it all here. He did it all, um, and he was never scared to tell you when you screwed up, uh, which I appreciate, even though it was uncomfortable. You know, he would he would say, you know, you did this wrong. This is what you need to do, um, and he would never shy away from that. Talking, you know, to a to, to a teacher like this, you need to do better. Um, so Mike Stewart is my number one, and, and just 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 un- taught, and I would just stand by his door and listen to him teach. Um, when he had, he's still still with us, but when he had cancer and had to do radiation treatments, he was here every day. Just an absolute soldier, just the best, Mike Stewart. Um, Donhoff, Alan Donhoff, loved Alan. Alan treated you like your sport was the most important sport on campus, even if it was freshman baseball. <laughs> uh, he could talk about any sport with you. So he could talk to the tennis coach, uh, you know, Coach Crow about their match and knew uh, the ins and outs of tennis, golf, baseball. He knew it all. Uh, he was hilarious. He was easy to talk to. Um, we used to do hit me, uh, hit me, him, and Pete Desarn, uh in my off periods. We play uh, free throw golf in the gym. Uh, that was just uh, fun, you know fun little things that we would do uh, throughout. But but and you know but Alan and Alan just you know handled it all on athletics and, and here at Saint X. My God, what a job! What phone calls, emails. Uh, he handled them all. Uh, he was a true professional, so I love Alan. Um, Glazer, I mean Mike Glazer, right? There isn't anybody 
here. I just had a parent do a walkthrough, a St. Agnes parent do a walkthrough the other day with Kurt. And he texted me, because we're friends, and said, I wish I loved anything the way Mike Glazer loves St. X. He said he was so nice to my son and took time out of his class to walk out in the hallway uh, and, and talk to us. Um, and he was a hell of a football coach. Hell of a football coach. Um, you know, that guy knew how to win games, um, but he also you know, had messages for those kids way beyond football. And, and, and you know, I, there are people I know personally who still look to him as, as, a, as a dad figure. I think, for me, that was the most humbling experience was interviewing him for an hour and a half. <laughs> um, God dang it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was not only that, that hour and a half that we, you know, yeah. the, the hour that we recorded, but it was the half hour when the, when the, when the, um, recording stopped oh and you know not to say anything bad but it was it was the half hour was almost as good as the hour yeah but he there were just there were just things that he didn't want to say sure but there was a lot of stuff that he said that yeah. was like that's right. the most touching thing i think i've ever heard yeah and you know everything to him has meaning sure and everything to him has value and everyone has value everyone yeah. has meaning and just to be with him for an hour and a half yeah. and just a safe space, no sure. one around, and sure. just listening to him. I mean, he, there is nobody that loves St. X like he does. And he will say too much sometimes, and he knows yeah. it. Uh. <laughs> He's hysterical. I'm He's give, hysterical. I'm going to give you one. See, I, I should have just told stories this whole time. I'm going to give you, there's there's a story. Okay, so we, this is years ago. This teacher's not here anymore, so I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to leave her name out. But We have open house like normal and it's four hours you know open house and the te every teacher has to be here and you have to stand and walk around for four hours and just stand at your station bah, 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 bah. well this is back when he was in charge of missions and he got wind that this one teacher was complaining <laughs> to other people about not being able to sit down and having to stand and, and this and that well he gets wind of this <laughs> This is sort of him saying too much. He bursts into the teacher's lounge. There's like 20 teachers in there. And I'll, I'll use a different name. He goes, uh, hey, is Mary in here? And she's like, yeah, I'm right over here, Mike. He goes, Mary, I've heard you're having a hard time with having to stand for four hours, so I'm going to tell you what. Whenever you want, I'm going to show up. No matter what I'm doing on open house, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to give you a 15-minute break. I'm going to come to your stand. And I'm going to give you a 15-minute break, Mary. Oh, Mike, you don't have... No, no, man, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, okay? I'll see you Sunday. And he walked <laughs> And everybody was like, oh, man. And it was so, like, probably not the best idea in the world, but God. Oh, man, that was awesome. Oh, man, Kyle and I were sitting there like, whoa. Um, yeah, I mean, he's the best. He's, I, don't play mine right after his. Uh, listen, uh, gentle listeners, don't listen to mine right after Mike Lasers. <laughs> um, I'm going to screw this up, and obviously there's a spot for Dr. Sangali. You know, he gave it, he got me the job. He knew more, and that's probably be that actually would probably be number four because because nobody really know, knew who was going to. Everybody was like, well, he'll never leave, right? And they just 
kind of was taken from us. And it was like, oh my God, like what do we do? That guy knew what every pipe in every building went to. He would stand up there and talk to the faculty. I loved it. Other faculty were like, I don't want to hear all this. He'd talk about where every dollar's going, the next renovation. He'd be like, now the bathroom uh, next to the chapel that is a faculty bathroom, well, we'll be doing renovations to it on uh, November 20, uh, you know, starting right, at, right on November 28th into, and I'm like, what the bath, the one bathroom? <laughs> He's like, how does he know? But he did, man. And, and, and to me, and I, I know some people are like, well, it's just a building, but like, to me. It was a second home. Yeah. And like, I don't need to hear all the teaching stuff. Like you can, I got all that. Like, but the fact, I felt good knowing that nothing was gonna go wrong while he was here. Like, and I'm not saying like we're, the place is on fire, but you know, we were in a transition and, and just, he had it down. Everything that happened. And we had wild stuff happen, you know, 21 years. It's a school, it's a big school. He had an answer for it, he never panicked. His emails were meticulous, and if you sent something with an error on it, he was gonna get on you. He hated that stuff. That's the kind of guy he was. He wanted everything to be right. Um, and you know, he was he was everywhere. He was everywhere, man. He was at all the games. Um, he made he made a point to go to every sporting event for every sport at least once. And. You know, with my office being right here, he would make a point of coming to this upstairs tea as many times as he could in class switches. Uh, you know, just so the kids knew that he was there. And, um, you know, a strong man of faith. Um, he was like a brother without being a brother in a way. And had, had, a, had a good sense of humor, better than... than uh, you know, better than most people, because you know he had to do it. He had to do all the. He had to do it all, um, and was always open. You know, to to meeting with you. If you were, you know, I, you know, I'd always be scheduling ACT stuff or PSAT stuff, and those were always some of my favorite times because, you know, he'd, he'd write it down right there in the book. He'd had everything set, and and you when when you got done talking with him. You knew you were moving in the right direction, um, and uh, you know he—he's just—he—he uh, was—he was just—he—he was—he was—I he, liked him. He was a lot funnier than he had a good sense of humor. He was funnier than, than people gave him credit for. And yeah, he was what we thought at the time irreplaceable. He just—he was this school. So yeah, I guess that is my four. I guess that was that was easier than I thought. And there, you know, there's a, I mean, I got colleagues now. You know, Joe Bergamini, Gary Granazin. Oh my God, uh, those guys are awesome. Just awesome individuals. Um, Kyle Yoakum, one of my favorite people. Uh, consider him my best friend, and uh, we've been through it this whole time. And just, um, I, I you know now I think I think Mount Rushmore is good. Because then I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad about forgetting uh, other people. I, Coach McHugh and I have he's he's a blessing to this school. He is a brilliant teacher, uh, wonderful guy, wonderful friend. Um, you know, there's just there's 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 a lot of 
lot of folks out there. This, this, this building, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a teacher, this building's built on the people in it. That's the number one thing. So we, 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 got, we got a pretty darn good faculty. So it's, you know, humbled and honored is what comes up when I think about being here. You know, and like, like I'm doing registration tonight. It's one of those things where I like being a part of this building. And I like being here. Sometimes too much, because hey, I've got kids. I mean, it's like, that's one thing, it's, it's, it's hard to balance. But, but I do my best. Well, Mr. Hobart, is there anything that you like to add as we finish things out here? <sighs> oh, open question. Um, you know, I just, I, I think, you know, I, when people, you know, naturally do this, I, I would like to thank my mom and my dad. Uh, my mom's been a teacher her whole life. Um, she pushed me kind of into that role, and whether or not I knew it when she was telling me, it was always in the back of my mind. So, uh, and, and my dad, uh, you know, he's been a, a roofer for 35 years, and, and if, a, if a teacher and a roofer could send me through St. X, uh, get me through center with, you know, really minimal loans, I don't know how they did it, and I had two other siblings, uh, brother and sister, been a big part of my life too. Um, that they made it happen. Um, so they've been a big inspiration. And, and my wife, I gotta thank my wife. Um, especially if you're the wife of a coach, my goodness. I mean, the, 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 what the coaches do here at St. X, I was one for nine years, uh, is amazing, time, the time commitments. And, and uh, she's, she's done, done a ton of work, uh, you know, helping with the kid, parenting the kids. Uh, tonight I'm doing registration from six to eight. Tomorrow I'm doing registration from six to eight. Um, and there's, 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 if you're a teacher at St. X and you think it's an eight to three job five days a week, it's not. I mean, you pour yourself into this place. Uh, so yeah, she, she's, she has been a wonderful support uh, through all of this, uh, taking care of uh, you know, our family. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know. Is that, is that what you were looking for with... Uh... I mean, I guess, I mean, <laughs> on my end, just to say thank you, uh, like you said, it's not an 8-3 to three job. Yeah. And that's what sets St. X apart from everywhere else, is, you know, if you walk down a lot of other schools, at 3.30, the halls, the lights yeah. are off and everybody's gone. But yeah. here, at 3.30, you know, Absolutely. as you mentioned, downstairs, 3.30, oh. walking through, every math guy is Every there. math guy is here. You it's... know, everyone's there getting help, and everybody's yeah. here to help. And for that, thank you. And this has just been a wonderful experience. Well, well thank you, too. You've done an excellent job. Uh, the interview was wonderful. And, um, yeah, this is a special place, for sure. For sure. A very a special place, indeed. Thanks for listening to today's Tiger Talk. If you enjoyed today's episode, check out XavierNews.org for more content and articles written by Tigers for Tigers. Tigers.